So today we uh, start a new message series called Reset. Uh, to, to introduce this series, uh, let me repeat what I said on a video that I put online to uh, promote this series. As I started to put this message series together, I've been thinking about times in my life when God has been uh, so good to me that he has led me to do a, a reset in my life. Sometimes it's been because of a crisis and God wanted to give me a fresh start. Other times it's been at a turning point in my life when God was leading me on a new adventure. It was almost 12 years ago, Sunday, January 29th, 2012, on a blustery, cold January day, not quite as cold as this, but cold, when I first spoke at Fort City. Lucas says he remembers the message. Um, well, all he really remembers is I talked about cigars at one point. And I remember getting caught off guard as a bunch of young guys in that, it was in the back corner over there, uh, cheered at the cigar story. Apparently, I gave a few young men permission who really didn't need any. Anyways, by the end of that message, there was a lot of applause, and some started to stand and applaud. It was quite overwhelming. And for reasons far more important than talking about cigars, God turned up powerfully, and people were moved. I was speaking as a guest, as someone looking to become, not as someone looking to become the pastor of Fort City. I was basically there as a hired consultant, uh, helping the leadership think through the future. But instead, this was all part of a great reset that God was orchestrating in my life that saw Jane and I move to Fort McMurray. Owen, oh, don't be afraid of that phrase, great reset. I'm, I'm not talking about some global economic reset that some of you are worried about and others of you call a conspiracy theory. And yes, I know that the World Economic Forum in Davos starts on Monday. I am not talking about that. No, I'm talking about the great reset that God does in the life of someone who believes in Jesus. It's what the prophet Isaiah is talking about when he says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. I am making a way in the wilderness. A reset in the Bible is the opportunity to make a fresh start or to begin again. And you know, that's just something that Jesus specializes in. He gives people fresh starts, start overs. He, he helps people begin again like all the time. Maybe uh, you're feeling like you're in the wilderness and life is going nowhere. Friend, you need a reset. Um, and the Bible really talks about that just continually. Um, and as you're feeling it, maybe you're just feeling a little messed up, uh, just a little not up to your full potential. Uh, this message series is for you. It's for imperfect people who want a fresh start, a reset, a, a rebooting in their life. In fact, everything that we do here at Fort City is about changed lives, is about helping people reset their lives and get on a better path. We are in the life change business. Life transformation is the core of what happens here. We exist to help people become what God always intended them to be, people whose lives are full of hope for life right now and for the future. People whose lives are whole, healed, set free from the junk that so messes up our lives. We exist to help people look, live, and love like Jesus. We're all about Jesus-empowered great resets. And the Bible, it's just chock full of stories from start to finish about the reset Jesus does in the lives of, of his followers. How he takes broken lives or maybe just poor performing lives and helps people start over, 
begin again and experience a great reset. Moses is a guy that comes to my mind first, probably because I identify with him as a leader who struggled to get leadership right. For him, it, it took a major setback in his life before he became open to being the leader God would have him be. If you are church-raised, you know the story of Moses, how he went from being the prince of Egypt to a fugitive to a, a shepherd in the middle of nowhere to then becoming a leader who God used to deliver the nation of Israel from bondage of Egypt. If you're not church-raised, no worries. Let me give you the cliff notes of this great story. We read in the book of Exodus that Moses fled Egypt for his life after killing an Egyptian official. This... Uh, Egyptian official was, was beating a fellow Israelite and, and, this just, and at that point Moses just snapped and, and he must have felt after this that his life was basically done because he went from being a prince in, in Egypt, likely heir to Pharaoh, and he was reduced to a fugitive and, and now a shepherd tending sheep far away from Egypt where, where he grew grew up. And, and to just help you understand a, a, a little bit uh, what's going on here, the, the Egyptians despised and looked down on shepherds. So Moses would have felt this really big time as he became this lowly shepherd simply just to survive. He was in survival mode. Everything looks dark. The, the life that he knew and loved is gone. But our God, he is the God of great resets, of new beginnings. He is the God of life transformation. Despite whatever is in our past, Whatever mess or sin has knocked us down, even murder, God can reset our lives and send us on a new path, a new journey. He did that with Moses. Friends, what Moses did was wrong. He, he murdered an Egyptian out of anger. By doing so, he, he lost everything. He lost his position. He lost his family. He lost his friends. And in his mind, he now lives on the other side of the world in the middle of nowhere. The great leader of the people of Egypt is now a leader of sheep. Moses fell hard. But Moses never lost his faith in God. He, he didn't blame God. He accepted the consequences of his sin. And in the process, Moses finds favor with God. And get this. God decides to reveal himself to Moses in a burning bush and calls him to a new task, a new beginning, and does a great reset in his life. And Moses, as he responds to God's leading, he actually gets to see a glimpse of the glory of God. We read this in Exodus. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Friends, how cool is that? When you really think about that, that is like incredibly awesome. I mean, who wouldn't want to have an experience like that? I mean, I sure would. Moses, the murderer, got to catch a glimpse of God. Yeah, what an awesome new beginning. What an incredible reset. Moses goes from being a fleeing fugitive because he killed an Egyptian official to a shepherd in the desert. And then, after seeing God and, and allowing him to do a new work in his life, he gets to bring the entire nation of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. Talk about a huge turnaround, a great reset. And then, get this, 
He becomes the one God uses to bring the law for all the children of Israel to follow right up until the days of Jesus. And to have that law named after him. It's called the Mosaic Law, the Law of Moses. Moses went from being a breaker of the law, a murderer, to having the law named after him. I mean, imagine that. Yes, Moses was a very flawed leader. He could have used, you know, a little bit of coaching and anger management. He let anger get the best of him, leading him to commit murder. His life falls apart, and God does a great reset in his life. Friends, no matter what you've done, no matter what's in your past, no matter how far you have fallen, no matter how much of a mess you've made of your life, our God, yes, our God is in the reset business. He can reset your life and get you on a whole new path if you will let him. And that's what we want to look at for the next month of this series. Our God is able to set any life on a new path with a new beginning, friends, including your life. Others of you, you might better identify with the story of uh, Old Testament Naomi found in the book of Ruth. Naomi lived in the biblical land of Canaan during a time of terrible drought. She's from the town of Bethlehem. This drought uh, caused her to travel with her husband and two sons to a, a foreign country, the land of Moab, with the hope of making a better life for her and her family. And hey, that's the story of more than a few of you here, right? You left where you're living because of a job drought, because of the lack of financial opportunity, and you came to Fort McMurray. And when you first got here, you, you, uh, yeah, McMurray found, felt like a bit of a, a foreign country, a bit like Moab to you. Now, of course, you love the place, at least most of us do. Okay, we wouldn't mind if it warmed up a bit, but it's coming. Maybe Tuesday, I'm not sure, with a high of minus 20. That sounds like a heat wave, doesn't it? But anyways... Yeah, most people in Fort McMurray, we, we come from somewhere else. Most come with the hope of making a better life. Many of you came here to do a reset in your life. Well, for Naomi, with her big move with her family in the middle of that drought, well, things did not pan out as she had hoped for and prayed. Her, her family ups and moves to this strange land when all of a sudden her husband and then both of her sons die. She's left all alone in a foreign land with no way to provide for herself. This promised new land, it's looking real dark. <clears throat> and I suspect she felt totally like abandoned by God. So Naomi decides to return to her home in Bethlehem. She has two daughter-in-laws now. Both of them are faithful and love her deeply. She convinces one of them to return to her father's home and remarry. But the other daughter, Ruth, she, she refuses to return. Listen to these amazing words of dedication and love that, need, that really lead to a new beginning and a, a reset for Naomi. Um, she says, Ruth says to Naomi, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. I mean, how awesome is that? I mean, Ruth is truly God's gift to Naomi. The two of them head back to Naomi's homeland, Bethlehem. And while Naomi was well welcomed back by many, her heart was just full of pain. 
Listen to the words. You can hear the pain in her voice. She says, don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Have you ever felt that way? That you were following God, even making good plans, but all you got in return is pain? You came to Fort McMurray to make your fortune, but inflation, mortgage rates, job loss, a, a broken relationship, bad health has taken all that from you. My favorite scripture, what I call my life first, many of you have heard it over and over, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. In times when it, it, it seems dark like it does, like does right now for Naomi, this is a, a promise to hang on to. It reminds us to never doubt in the dark what God has taught me in the light, that no matter how dark and hopeless our circumstances seem to be, our God can be trusted. He is in the business of new beginnings and resets. He makes our paths straight. And as we read on in the book of Ruth, God has a plan for Naomi. And he providentially arranges for Ruth to catch the eye of a guy with a, a little bit of money who is a relative of Naomi by the name of Boaz. This is better than a Hallmark movie on the Woman's Channel, I tell you. She marries this rich dude and they have a son together. The women of the town gather around Naomi and you can hear in their rejoicing that they believe God has given Naomi a new beginning, a reset with the birth of this boy. Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin a relative and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. Yeah, that phrase, restorer of life, that's a reset, that's a, a new beginning. And, and on a side note, that uh, boy that, they, that is born to Ruth, um, uh, the father is a relative of Naomi, and that's the one who provides for her and helps her with this reset, but he also happens to be in the ancestral line that Jesus comes from. Anyways, just when you're thinking that there's no hope and bitterness has overtaken your soul, God can turn up and give you the reset you long for, the beginning that you need. And friends, that's what Fort City's all about. We're all about seeing lives change for the better. We're all about seeing uh, stories like Moses and Naomi happen here. And they do all the time. I mean, just turn up at one of our baptismal services and you'll hear amazing stories of great resets and new beginnings. And that's what we want to talk about for the next several weeks. But all I want to do today is really uh, simply get you to begin to hope or to hope again, to put your hope in Jesus, praying that, you know, for that reset, for that new start that you so yearn for. And then what I'd like to suggest in the time that remains are maybe three practical things that we can do that I picked up from Rick Warren, things that you can do to prepare your heart and life for this reset that God wants to do in your life. Uh, let me start. Number one, just start asking God to do something new in your life, to do something new in me. I start by asking God to do something new in me. I, I need God to do a work in me. I want God's best for me. I, I want to be all that God wants me to be. I mean, that's all of us, right? Jesus says, ask and you will receive. 
And I tell you, he loves to answer a prayer like that to do a new thing in your life. He loves to see lives changed. I mean, I don't care what you've done. I, I don't care who you've done it with. I don't care how long you've done it. You can get a, a, a fresh start and a fresh reset starting today if you'll come to Jesus. So the first preliminary is just to say, God, I need a fresh start. I'm, I'm carrying too much baggage. I'm, I'm carrying too much sin. I'm, I, I'm carrying too much guilt. I'm, I'm carrying too many regrets. Listen, your past is past. It's over. Did you do some dumb things? Yes, but you can't change that. And, and yes, you are a product of your past, but friends, you are not a prisoner of your past. You can change. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what Christianity is all about. There can be a, a pushing of the reset button, and I get a second chance. I get a new life. I get born again. I, I get new freedom, and I get a second chance or a third chance and on and on. So if you ever ask God for a reset in your life, God, I need a fresh start. I've blown it. I've made mistakes, mistakes plural, and I need a fresh start. I need a new start. I, I need a revamping. I need to reboot my life. This is the first preparation step. You're going to have to start asking God, God, I want you to do something new in my life. You believe that God is in the business of doing a great reset in your life. That's the first preparatory step. The second is, number two, pinpoint specifically what it is that you want God to change. I mean, if this series is going to be at all helpful to you at all, you, you got to do this. And I would think that all of us have something, at least one thing that we would like to see changed in our lives. What is it that's besetting you, that's, that's dragging you down, that is keeping you in bondage, that is destroying your self-worth, that maybe is hurting other people? What is it that's leaving you discouraged, depressed, that is leaving you feeling so weighed down? You all got something. And you need to pinpoint specifically what you want changed in your life. Uh, nothing becomes transforming until it becomes specific. You don't just say, God, I want you to change me. Because God's going to say, well, what do you want? What do you have in mind? Uh, um, what do you want changed? You can't change a, general, a generality. You, you got to identify the specific problems in your life. You got to clarify the problems in your life. You got to admit that there are problems in your life. Oh, I'm not really in debt. Oh, I'm not habitually procrastinating. Oh, I'm not really that hurtful of a person, whatever. No, I don't need help in that area. Well then, you will be helpless, right? Take a look at this chart on the screen. Are there any areas here where you need a reset? I mean, take a good look. Ask the Spirit of God to speak to you as you look at this chart. Uh, as you look at it, the Apostle Paul says, look closely at yourselves. I mean, do a little self-examination. Test yourselves to see if you're really living in the faith. Okay, so on the screen are a dozen or so areas. Take a look at them. When one grabs your attention um, right now um, as you know, uh, an area that where you really think you need a reset, you, you just keep looking at it. You ask, where do I need a reset? Maybe it's in your connection with God. How do I know that it might be with my connection with God? Well, has there ever been a time in your life where you felt close to God than you do right now? You can ask a question like that. And if the answer is yes, you need a reset. You need a reboot. You, you need a reconnection. 
Do you need a reset in your health and body or, or maybe in your priorities? Are your priorities out of whack and you're not giving time to what you know you need to give time to? What about a relationship or your marriage? Do you have a relationship that is stagnating or maybe going downhill? Or your energy level, you just say, I'm going lower and lower. Do you need a reset there? We, we could keep going through that list, but what one leaps out for you or, or maybe it's something else, just pinpoint the area and let's seek God together for a great reset in your life. And one last thing I'd like us to do as a preparatory step for the change and reset we need. Number three, you want to find some people to support your reset. You can't do this by yourself. Something as big as total life change and reboot, reset, you're, you're not going to do it all on your own. If you could, you would, but you can't, so you won't, right? God has wired us so that we don't get better, we, we don't get healthy, we, we don't get whole and healed until we get other people involved in our lives. This is what Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, tells us. He says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Two people working together, you're not going to be defeated. Three people, that's even better. Four people is even better than that. Some sort of small group is what we're talking about. Solomon says, if one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. You will fail as you work on this reset. You will make mistakes. You're, you're not perfect. None of us are. And in your desire to be a different kind of man, the man that God wants you to be, a different kind of woman, the woman God created you to be, you are going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. You need other people in your life who are just going to love you through that, carry you through that, help you through it. Uh, you need to connect with some sort of small group. Rick Warren says, community is God's antidote to discouragement and defeat and failure. At Fort City... There are a lot of things that happen throughout the week that can help you connect with other people where you can develop <clears throat> relationships and get the support you need. I've been uh, really impressed with the uh, growing passion among our men to connect. Two things in particular. We have a Saturday morning breakfast, Saturday mornings at 8 at the Best Western in uh, the Taganova Business Park. We just hang out, talk over breakfast. Relationships are built, so you just turn up. We solve a lot of the world's problems and in the process help each other with our own problems. There's the uh, men's Thursday night Bible study, 7 p.m. in the modular beside the church here. Men getting into the Bible together, praying for each other and watching God do amazing things. Check it out. Powerful stuff is happening. Uh, same with our woman. My wife leads a study in our home on Wednesday afternoons at 1.30. Sean is going to be starting up a, a group in, in a few weeks. There's another group, but it's uh, already moving strong. Um, we also have our Tuesday morning parent and taught group from 9 to 11.30, just a place to hang out. You know, let your preschool kids play together and, and encourage one another. Uh, you also heard Shauna talk about Alpha. What a great opportunity to get grounded in the Christian faith while building life-giving relationships with other people. And hey, serving on a team, connection team, tech team, any team, they are great ways to connect with other people. Teams don't just make Fort City happen, and they do that. They're a place for connection. 
What I would suggest is just go to fortcity.info. The links there will help you uh, keep up to date with the groups that are running right now. That's fortcity.info. There are also places where you can find uh, information about teams. We have multiple groups and opportunities for you to develop the relationships you need to help you reset and stay on the path that God has for you. Hey, Moses hit rock bottom. His sin and his anger crashed his life, but he kept his eyes on God, and God graciously reset his life and used him to deliver the people of Israel from Egyptian bondage. Through no fault of her own, Naomi's life crashed when she moved with her family to another country in the midst of severe drought. She returned home depressed and bitter, but God used her daughter-in-law, Ruth, to give her a reset uh, back in their home of Bethlehem. And little did she know that God would use that reset, the birth of Ruth's son, to be part of the direct ancestral line that led to the birth of Jesus. That's pretty cool, I think. Friends, God's just in the reset business. Will you ask him to do a new work in your life? He, he wants to. And, and will you pinpoint exactly what you're asking God to do? Ask God what he wants to do in your life and start praying for that. And would you build some strong relationships with some other believers who could pray with you and for you? Get out to a group, a class, something smaller than Sunday, uh, and develop some life-giving relationships. Join a team. And then, would you come back next week as we talk about the choices we, we have to make where we choose to participate with what God wants to do in our lives? We'll look at the transforming power of making a few good choices. My prayer for all of you in this series is that there will be a, a life reset where you go to a whole new level of, of living and that all the junk in your past, it'll be like water under the bridge. It's gone. You don't have to deal with it anymore. It's forgiven. It's forgotten. It's over. And then your light starts shining bright as the sunshine at noon. You'll live securely as you live full of hope. That's my prayer for all of you in this series. Join with me now for a moment of prayer. Pray this prayer with me uh, in your hearts. Just kind of take my words and make them your own personal prayer. Father God, I come to you at the start of 2024 looking for a reset in my life. Just, just, just tell them that. And then as you ask them, just say, God, would you do a reset in this area of my life? Pick an area. Let God speak to you about an area. But just say, God, I need help in this area of my life. Just, just tell them right now. Help me to get connected to a few strong believers who I can be honest with and find support from. And as I do, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to lead me into this new life, this life-giving reset I need. And I commit to taking the rest of this series in person or online for the sake of my own well-being and for the good of those I live and work with. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.